Hello, downest of bitches. Ellen here coming at you with a very special treat. So most of you know that a lot of times in my research, I try and reach out to families as best I can before we record. I am looking for any extra information or follow-up information to make sure that everything was accurate in the episode. And you can imagine leading with, hi, I host a true crime comedy podcast about your missing loved one is often precarious. And I try and use the utmost care and respect when corresponding with them as it's a little hard to explain unless you really know what's going on here. Sometimes if I get a hold of them, we'll share a couple of Facebook messages. Sometimes I'm not able to get in touch with people. Sometimes I'm left on red and that's okay. And a handful of times families have actually reached out to us. So on the day our episode of Ali Lowitzer dropped, I got the sweetest message from Dear Mama Joanne. We exchanged some messages and we, of course, offered to record with her or share our platform in any way. Of course, there's never any pressure on our end when we do this. But to our delight, she agreed. And Joey and I had the tremendous opportunity to sit down on a Zoom call with her the other day. She absolutely understood the tone of the podcast. And you'll hear at the end of the episode her share some of her thoughts on our coverage. She is too precious for words. Mama Joanne is everything that we gathered from the episode. She is adorable and kind. And she's, of course, very brokenhearted and grief-stricken. So we are exceedingly grateful that she took some time to speak with us further. So please enjoy this heartwarming conversation with this magnificent woman. And please, when it's done, check our social media because we're going to be giving you some calls to action because we want to help Mama Joanne and John and Mason bring more eyes to this case because Allie's case was not properly investigated. And we want to help this grieving family as much as we can. So please enjoy our conversation with Joanne Lowitzer. Allie's mom. Hello, everyone. And we are just so grateful, so honored, and so excited isn't the word. We're just looking at the sweetest little face through our (laughs) Zoom. And we are here with the gracious and wonderful Mama Joanne, Allie Lowitzer's mom. And she heard our coverage and heard our rage in our voices. <laughs> well, welcome Mama Joanne to the most loving true crime community you could possibly ever find. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything you guys are doing. Well, we appreciate you. And uh, first and foremost, how is everyone? How is Mason? How is John? How is your family? Um, we're I mean, I mean, we're doing all right. I don't don't know <laughs> the exact words to to use to describe how we're doing. It's it's been twelve years, so right. you know that's it's like an unspoken thing in my house. And you know, there's alley everywhere in the house, and I don't know. It's I mean, it's not like we don't acknowledge it, but but we do. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be a very strange duality. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So, first and foremost, was there anything that was left out 
of the episode. That's something we always really like to clear up with families. Anything that was left out or anything that they got wrong that you would like to clear up or did you feel like it was an accurate representation? And we'll get to some of the things that you heard clearly upset us. I just, I literally get chills just thinking about it. We'll get to that. But was there anything you feel like you constantly clearing the air about with people that are interested or find Ali's case online? It disappeared. They did a pretty good job. And, you know, what What most people have to understand is, you know, these, these shows, they t- sometimes take days of, you know, filming and recording and stuff like that. And then, then they chop it all up mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, into, you know, like 30 minutes. So, you know, a, a 10 years worth right. of, you know, Allie being disappeared is uh, a lot to squeeze into 30 minutes. So I guess what people keep coming around and talking about, and it's not just specifically from the disappeared episode. I don't know if y'all watched uh, the last scene alive episode. Mm-mm. No. The, um, so it, uh, their camera crew followed us to uh, Columbus, Ohio oh. on a tip. Yeah. So I, I know Disappeared, they briefly mentioned, I think they briefly mentioned Ohio. So we keep getting questions about, you know, is Allie still in Ohio? Um, if that was really her, why did y'all leave her there? You know, that's that was the most difficult part to explain you know, because when we did go to Ohio, you know, it wasn't just one time. There there were multiple trips and it didn't end up being uh, my alley that was there. Mm-hmm. It was it was a, another young lady that someone was calling Allie and to me didn't look anything <laughs> like Allie. You know, you know, you wow. know your family. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know. When when your daughter has blue eyes and then the person they're calling Allie has brown eyes, you know, there's a pretty big difference <laughs> there. So, so right. yeah, we're constantly clearing up questions about why we left Allie in Ohio. <laughs> so, to, to be clear, was that the thing that Amber, am I pronouncing her name right, Canuck? Is that whole raid of that home that actually never you found out that was not Allie or is this a separate mm-hmm. time the, it is that time um and it, it was yeah is Amber Kamek okay when Amber went in that house initially and it was never explained to me in this in this way before so and in, in this these 13 years almost 13 years I've been doing this I've been learning so much so much mm-hmm. that I don't want to learn unfortunately yeah. so when you go into one of these trap houses there's video surveillance at the doors. There's somebody at the door that basically shakes you down, makes sure that you don't have any weapons. And so you can't even take a cell phone in there. And, you know, of course, the in the trap houses, they have the girls and drugs and guns and, you know, anything that you can think of. I mean, because, you know, that the world of sex trafficking, all of those things all go together. Yeah. So when Amber went in there, she had no phone, no gun to protect herself, you know, nothing. And the way she described it, when she was walking down the hallway of this house, um, there were no doors 
So, you know, every time you, you know, you look, you left or and you look right, there's just a mattress thrown on the floor, usually with the girl sitting on it. So that's, yeah. So that's what Amber was seeing when she was walking through this house. And Mm -hmm. when she came back to us, you know, she was like, oh my God, I saw Allie. And I'm like, you mean Ohio Allie? So that's what we kept referring, you know, the lookalike to. And she says, yes, I saw Mm -hmm. Ohio Allie because Amber had never met Allie before. And, you know, when you're walking and you're looking, you know, you have just, you know, this much space for a doorway to look. So, you know, of course, they they didn't want to explain this in any of the the stories, you know, that aired on TV, you know, in the shows. So the girl that actually was in there and the one that was also, I think you guys touched on the... The homeless, uh, the church mm-hmm. outreach. Yeah, when they said she was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually did get a photograph of her. And, you know, again, she looked nothing like Allie. So there was two that were in wow. Ohio mm-hmm. that people were calling Allie that it wasn't Allie. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you know that people have the best of intentions and you have oh, yeah. to sort of see everything through. But I'm sure as mm-hmm. a mom seeing that picture, you must have thought, oh, gosh, that looks nothing like my, you know. Yeah. But but then understanding that people are just going off, maybe seeing a flyer or seeing something on Facebook and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody. I, I totally understand. Um, yeah. So something I definitely want to talk to you about that you and I had texted a little bit about uh, let me try and be ladylike about this. The <laughs> God fucking awful investigation I feel like your baby girl got. So let's start with in the episode, you said when the Laura recovery got involved, you said they actually cared that Allie was missing. Now, something that we talked about that got edited out of the episode was they were the first ones to even make a flyer for you. And, you know, the fact that the police didn't even print a missing person's flyer. I know you could feel our rage and Mm -hmm. we're not even involved directly. Mm -hmm. If you can find words, how did that feel to essentially get no help? We we just kept holding our chests for you. And just if you can put that into words, because from an outsider and I am a mom, Joey has cats, <laughs> and, <laughs> but Mama Joanne, it, it broke our hearts. Can yeah. you speak about that a little bit? It, um, it was devastating. The first flyer that was made and put out was made by my sister. And we had our home phone numbers on it. So, you know, we didn't know any better, you know. Right. Uh, of course. Law enforcement really wasn't, you know, active for at least an entire week. And, you know, I started, well, the, that that evening that I came home from the burger barn and they were closed, I was trying to just gather myself, okay, what do I, what I do, what do I do? You know, where can she be? What needs to happen? And I posted on my own Facebook page, you know, I said, Allie's missing, basically. And I I think it was the next day where uh, Gina with the Girl Scouts Council downtown, you know, she said, contact the Laura Recovery Center. They can help you. And 
you know, I had never, never heard of them. I had never heard of Texas EquiSearch, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I feel that unless you're touched by a missing person, you're not going to know what to do and you're not going to know who to contact. And sure. it was, I think, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. I called the phone number, not knowing if somebody would answer and they answered and they were at my house the next morning. Wow. Yeah. You know, I have a question for you, specifically with the initial response from the Harris County. Is it the constable office? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Precinct 4. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, obviously, we've expressed our opinions about them and how frustrating it must have been to deal with them. Why do you think they were so reluctant to name her a missing person? Uh, I think they profiled her. Because they refused to go back, right? Um... Well, for a long time. For a while. So, you know, the initial officer that came out the same evening, she took a look in Allie's room and, you know, we talked very briefly and, you know, she basically said, oh, you know, you guys probably had a fight. You know, she's with the friends, you know, just, uh, you know, she'll be home, you know, she'll be home tonight. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, as she was like walking out the door, I'm like, well, what do we do? You know, yeah. you know, call us when she comes home. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. of course. Uh, yeah. You know, looking back at it, you know, I just, I took her word at face value. I right. mean, why wouldn't I? You know, I, I was raised um, that when you, when you had problems like that or you needed help that you call law enforcement. Yep. And, um, it was very, very disappointing. Uh, I've never had to call law enforcement before in my entire life. And, right. you know, for such a an emergency like this, you know, why weren't they doing anything? You know, you see all these TV shows where, you know, somebody reports a missing person and every all this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, nothing happened. Yeah. So I read what you wrote on Facebook when you had posted our episode and you said they made me feel a little less crazy. I mean, it seemed like they were gaslighting you. It seemed like you and and John are so mild mannered and kind and soft spoken. And, and it is true. We're taught law enforcement will take care of you. And then you kept saying over and over again, I promise she's not a runaway. So did they kind of make you feel like you were in some kind of alternate universe? I mean, you know, that's that's a good way to describe it, to be honest, um, you know, because I'm if I'm being profiled, I'm you know, I'm a mom. And mm-hmm. where is my child? I mean, what mom is not going to freak out, basically? Of course. Yes. You know, even even when I called John, when I was sitting in front of the empty, closed-down burger barn, and here I am, and I'm in tears. I'm not hysterical, but, you know, I'm in tears, and I'm like, you know, <laughs> this isn't her. You know, where where yeah. is she? Yeah. You know, um, and, you know, he, he calmed me down. He's like, you know, maybe maybe she went somewhere else. Maybe she's with a friend. So I'm like, of course. but my yeah. gut, my gut told me that something, something was wrong. Yeah. <sighs> so, okay, we're criers. <laughs> <laughs> it, um, every time I talk about that, it, it just brings back that same feeling that, um, 
you know, if, if I would have just done something else. I said that on the episode because I you said that. You said our job as parents is to take care of our kids, but that's not what's supposed to happen. Right. She's supposed to be able to get off of her bus and go to work. And right. she was trying to, you know, work and she was responding. And we even said, you know, we're big old, you know, theater nerds. And she was so artistic and so talented. And she seemed to be really coming into her own. And that's just not what's supposed to happen. And I can only empathize with that feeling of saying, if I had only. And I only say that because you're human And that's what we do. We think of the things we could have done, but you were just being a perfectly loving mom because she had said, mom, can I go take a shift? And you're like, okay, fine, go, you know. And I know you know in your heart there's nothing you could have done differently, but I'm sure those feelings are just so raw. And then stacking on top of that, how the police treated you and didn't didn't take it seriously. It's really upsetting. Yeah. It doesn't always happen. It has happened a couple of times on the show, but it was pretty infuriating. And, you know, I told you I called the police department and I have called dozens and dozens of police departments and I've talked to officers and investigators. I got to tell you, not only was this these people, they were not helpful. They were pretty rude. I have a recording of it. I'm not surprised. That's what you said to me in text. Why do you why do you say that? Um, just just because of the way that they've treated Allie's case from day one. You know, even though even though her her case has been passed from our local precinct and then, you know, to the county runaway division and then to the homicide department, it just seems like once it hit the homicide department, it seemed like everything stopped. You know, I've had to learn that they're not going to tell us anything, but I didn't think that that would include not kind of keeping in touch. You know, Mm -hmm. we constantly send them information and we get no acknowledgement that they've even received the email. So I've, I've resorted to not even putting their contact information out there anymore. Wow. That's um, what we did on, that's the first time we've ever done that on any episode. Just so you know, we've done nine full seasons mm-hmm. and that is the first time that we've given our listeners your website. We've never done that because I was like, they're not helping. So email yeah. Mama Joanne if you have, I, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But do they have in your town a bad reputation? Well, I I don't know. I th- the only thing I have to compare it to is other families mm-hmm. with missing persons. And mm-hmm. I've kind of gotten the same story, you know, that they've gotten to run around as well. So throughout the years, I've had so many people uh, send me a message saying that, you know, I'd called and turned in this information, you know, five years ago. Did anything ever come about it? What? Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I did not know about this information. Can you please give it to me? Oh, my God. Oh, that. Yeah. That is in you. Poor. I can't. That is that is very, very frustrating. Yeah. So so, you know, I've had to I've had to be creative 
yeah. and and figure out what I can do, you know, between me and my private investigator. And a private investigator can only do so much. I mean, mm-hmm. they they can attempt to talk to people, but they can't get a subpoena and make people talk. Right. So, you know, that that's one of the reasons why I'm like, you know, uh, you know, email me. You know, right. reach, reach out to me through my website. Reach out to me through Allie's Facebook page. Uh, yeah, and you know, any anything that I feel like is uh, pertinent information, I'll run it through my NICMIC caseworker. And even he has uh, sent emails over to uh, uh, Harris County Homicide, and they kind of give him the same. You know, like, well, it's an open investigation. You know, we can't yep. tell you anything. Yep, that's exactly what they told mm-hmm. me. And they wouldn't answer any of my questions. I asked why she was labeled a runaway. I almost didn't even get to speak to the chief, which, again, has never happened. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you... I. I Look at my arms. I have chills. The <laughs> fact that you had to deal with such disrespect while you are grieving, while you are probably not sleeping. Also, you have your son and you have every other responsibility. I am just profoundly sorry that you had to deal with that kind of disrespect. Mm. It's infuriating. I do have a question about something in the episode that we had mentioned they spoke about really briefly. Did they ever get Jay's alibi? Is that part of the story that you think that they should have elaborated on? Yeah, that's one of the 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 loose ends. Yeah, that, you know, one of the the questions in my mind, you know, it's like, okay, what what happened with this information? What happened with that information? And that's the information I can't get. The only thing I know is that when John went to go speak with Jay, you know, his dad came to the door and basically, you know, told him to f off and you know wouldn't really have a conversation about it. Wow. Is is Jay's dad in any kind of law enforcement or is he a lawyer or in any position of power or pol- political? Don't think so. I don't mm. I don't think so. I'd never met the man. Uh John had never met the man before. So and, and you would think he would as just as a parent, as a human being, he would give you any information that he had. Mm-hmm. Because in the episode, remember Joey, in the episode, they were like, Jay had an alibi. Anyway, we're making chicken for dinner. Yeah, it was, we were like, what the hell? Would yeah. you care to elaborate on that? Yeah. Our main question for today, the real reason we want to be here today is how can we help you? How can our audience, our platform, our voices, our phone calls, what can we do? What do you need? What do I need? Gosh. Uh for for the sake of Allie, you know, I just need uh I need people to just keep their eyes open. Missing person cases are are so hard because well and especially, you know, when there is no evidence which direction to go to, you know, talking about it, um, you know, what you guys are doing, you're talking about it, that it's missing persons in general is such a hard subject to talk about. Right. And, and talking about it's the first step because, you know, if you look at just the history of man, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. the, the changes, you know, that, uh, you know, not just women have made, but, you know, persons of color, you know, you start by 
talking and then you start by doing. So, you know, people talking about it, you know, is is, right now is what's most important. Yeah. Would it be beneficial at all for us to put any kind of pressure on the police or the sheriff's department, either emailing or calling? Calling. Absolutely. What what do you think about that? I, I think so. I think it would definitely help if they get other people, you know, saying, you know, what's going on, you know, is this being worked? I can't say, you know, ask them what's happening because they're not going to say anything. But I I feel like if, if other people do reach out and want answers, you know, that's how things happen. Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I've, I've even knocked around the idea of a lawsuit um, there was a, a, a family, I think it was, there was two families in Florida that had sued whichever uh, law enforcement had their uh, missing persons case because they wanted to know what was going on as well. You know, we've even applied for the Freedom of Information Act and didn't receive anything. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, that that's going to be my next step, even though I don't want to do that. I sure. don't feel like I should have to go that far just to get, you know, them to tell me that they are doing something. Yeah. We share that frustration. Honestly, I mean, even w- when we covered this case and talked about it, we were so angry and just so confused. And we can't even imagine how you must feel. I just want you to know I'm also from the South. I'm a Southern man. <laughs> I just want to hug you so badly <laughs> because you just seem like such a sweet person and such a wonderful mother. And I would love nothing more than to hug you. And I'm I'm so sorry that I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Well, thank you. And that nobody has helped you. That's really what broke my heart with this case. And the fact that you reached out when you did, you know, we covered every case now. We just finished the entire series and there are ones that are not great. And there are some people that do really work hard for these families and they do everything they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And your heart still breaks for them. But at least you know that somebody was out there looking for their baby. And I just really in my heart feel like you did not get that. And there was just something about you. And when Papa John cried, he just it broke my heart and in half. And I would love to know if you care to share the the families that we have spoken to have said it's a a small community that you never want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Do you have other people that you can talk to that can empathize with you? And how do you take care of your mental health every day, knowing I'm sure this is the first thing you think about in the morning and the last thing you think about before you go to bed? How do you take care of yourself? Well, I've, I've had to, um, gosh, uh, I mean, what I, what I do now is, you know, I do have connection with other families that have Mm -hmm. missing persons and it, it took a while, uh, for me to even talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, all of my life, I, I could have cared less if, if we were in a room and anybody would notice that I was there. You know, I was perfectly mm-hmm. fine with being a nobody and, you know, very shy, uh, never really said what was actually on my mind. And 
Allie, Allie being missing has forced me uh, to come out of that shell. And, and I'm grateful for that. I know that sounds weird. <laughs> so a good example, um, when, I, when, you know, the first probably year and a half, uh, John was the driving force of the investigation. Mm-hmm. And anytime I had any, uh, any questions, you know, I went to him and he always had the answers. He, he was on top of everything. And when I would come to him and he started not having the answers for me, I'm like, okay, what do I do? Cause I really want to know, you know, what happened with a, B or C. Mm-hmm. So I had to pull up my big girl panties basically. And, you know, start doing uh, some of those things that, that he has cut, that he backed off from. And at first it made me angry and I'm like, why the hell isn't, why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to take a step back and talk to him and realize that it was taking a toll on him. And he actually sought out a therapist and he was seeing a therapist and I wasn't at that point yet. I wasn't ready to, to seek a professional and, uh, and, and just open my heart basically. So with, uh, with that being said, you know, me, me talking to people and finding that people actually were listening and other people, you know, finally, uh, finding they care, you know, it, it opened my eyes. And so now I actually, in the local Houston area, I host a missing person support group in person. Oh, and, you know, when COVID happened, we did, uh, we did it over Zoom. It wasn't the same, mm-hmm. but, but we did do it. And so I do have other families that I connect with and that I can see face to face. And now that I call my family and friends. I have a a private Facebook group called Moms of the Missing that unfortunately we have um, several over a hundred that are also in different countries as well um, Mm -hmm. that are a part of that group. So, you know, it's just us moms, you know, because, you know, nothing against dads, but, you know, moms, we we just have that uh, special connection with our child, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, anytime that anybody needs just that little bit, you know, that boost of support, you know, somebody will make a post on our Facebook group and just know that it stays within that group and Mm -hmm. we give all the support that we can. Um, But, you know, uh, Texas Center for the Missing there here in Houston, um, they uh, let me host my support groups in their office. And I also do an event. Well, we have a couple events a year, but the our our big event is Houston Missing Persons Day that we always hold around Allie's birthday in February. Wow. Can I tell you what you said earlier about um that you're so glad that you were able to come out of your shell? It does it doesn't sound weird at all. I think when we're faced with adversity, um, we're forced out of our comfort zones. And we learn so much about ourselves, what we're capable of, how strong we are. And 
you know, I'm, I'm, it's not weird at all. Okay. It's not weird at all. <laughs> yeah. Not well, even a little bit. I really want to hug you more yeah, than no. ever. <laughs> well, you are Allie's voice. And I think that's what probably shown through because even if you, you know, were a little on the shyer side, obviously your love for her was louder than that. Yeah. And um, I think that's what we connect with. Our listeners connected with your story so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to post the email and the phone numbers and we want to help you in whatever way we can. More than just finding Allie, I think you just need a little bit of respect. And I can't say I'm sorry enough that I just don't think you got it. And we do get some backlash from people that think that we don't respect authority or we or we are cop haters or police yeah. haters. Yeah. But I don't think anybody who listens to your story could sit on the other side and say that you were shown any kind of empathy, care or concern for your daughter. And yeah. so we would love to help to make that right in whatever way we can. Thank you. And I, I feel the same way about law enforcement. I personally know, you know, law, uh, law enforcement, you know, officers, and, you know, I've met um, several of the sheriffs that we've had and, you know, they're wonderful, Yeah, but, you know, you can't force somebody (laughs) to, to do something. And I think the main problem is Harris County is the largest county in Texas. And oh. we all know how big Texas is yep. and, and Harris County. I live just on the very, very tippy top, you know, edge of Harris County. And it's the one time in my life I wish I didn't. Wow. Yeah. 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 Can you just, um, just again, just tell our listeners where they can find you, your website, your Facebook, and any other way they can reach out uh, to you. Be prepared they will reach out. Okay. <laughs> we, um, have, we have a very loving audience. Very so, amazing. So, so be prepared, but drop any kind of information you can for them. Sure, sure. And I just want, you know, before I do that, I just want to tell, you know, everybody, um, th- thank you that commented on the Instagram post. Um, they, they were very, very sweet and it really made my day. <laughs> Oh, um, before I cry I, again, yeah, sorry, please, God. Cry again. Sorry. We're all criers. We're, we're the worst. <laughs> um, it's just we always so say wonderful. we have to laugh so we don't cry. That's why yeah. we try and like yeah. find, you know, the funny bits wherever we can so we can, you know, dry our eyes and lighten the mood, you know? Absolutely. And that's that's one of the things that I really liked about y'all show is that, you know, I was listening to it and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then I heard y'all cracking jokes and laughing and I'm like oh my god I love this <laughs> because you know laughter and missing persons they don't go together no, 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 no no but yeah I love it um so anyway uh my preferred method of 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 reaching me is through the Facebook page that we have for Allie it's Great. Okay. it's hope for Allie uh semicolon um Alexandria Joy Lowitzer. Um, And, you know, I have the page, the Facebook page set up where you can send messages through there or, you know, you can comment on any of the posts that I make for sure. The website we have, I have three domains that all kind of go to the same page. 
you can either type out her name, alexandrialowitzer.com, or um, the shorter version is findally.com. Okay. And, and we, uh, she, <laughs> she spelt it A-L-I. I know a lot of people want to pronounce it Ali, mm-hmm. um, but it's Ali. You know, the by okay. by her yeah. own hands, but uh, yeah, there's there's a place on there where you people can email us. Okay, great. If we ever come through Houston, can we please take you for a drink? Yes, yes, <laughs> please, yes. <laughs> okay, great. We cannot thank you enough, Mama Truly. Joanne. Thank you for being here, for understanding what it is, this crazy (laughs) wild genre that we do, because this is why we do it. Yeah. This is what really is the most helpful is talking more about it. You know, keep saying her name and we just love you so much. We adore you. Thank you. Thank you both so much. I mean, y'all were- This is my hug. (laughs) (laughs) And to all of our down bitches who are listening, please take down all of that information for Mama Joanne and uh, let's flood those phones and those emails because- Allie deserves it. Yeah. Mama Joanne, uh, Papa John, and Brother Mason, we're sending you so much love. And if you need anything from us, you just reach out and we will be there. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank you. A little crazy, but great. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take it. We'll take it. (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. (laughs)